0: Joel, yeah, right. Remember last uh, the last podcast uh, we, you know, we talked about some important things. We, we 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 talked about an industry that has employees that deserve better treatment, like many, yes, that are being vocal about it. Getting the message out there. They're asking for boycotts of certain projects that they declined Mm -hmm. because of unfair pay.
1: Something to that belief.
0: Saying that they should donate that money to some organizations. Yeah. Um one of the Kentucky variety
1: yeah
0: <laughs> oh boy uh, on that note welcome back to the podcast <laughs> We're united. we nerd um yeah so I guess since that was our last big topic we should probably get into this so Joel I haven't seen such a 180 in a long time. Um,
1: I I 180, dude. I was like, she's probably okay. You know, there's something fair. You know, she's bringing up a fair point. Maybe she's in the right. And literally within the hour, I was proven so wrong. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, it's like, oh, Bloomberg isn't that great, right? You know, you know, I had my, I was hesitant, but
0: then, <laughs> hey, to be Dude's... fair, Bloomberg, Bloomberg has some quality articles. They, they do the work, and they did the work this time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, finding out that this voice actress we talked about last time, um, she wanted a lot of money to reprise her role in Bayonetta Three,
0: which you know, hey, gets
1: it's not get your money right get your cheddar get your bag Uh, might be seen as grimy i mean we live in a capitalist society you know whatever um but then (laughs) the follow-up was like boycott the game donate these money to these charities okay cool not not bad right that's that's a nice twist you know at least it's going to something great but then you find out those you know it's um anti-abortion stuff it's like, oh, come on, lady. <laughs> like, I know I'm just a man, so, and it, you know, not my place. But still, it's like,
0: oh. so that's 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 the that's the the bookend to this whole situation. At least from what I've seen, that's the whole work ended. Let's let's just catch up to speed a little bit where we left off last time. Um. So yeah, we talked about Helena Taylor, original voice actor of Bayonetta came out saying that uh, Platinum Games only offered her $4,000 to reprise her role in the third game in the, the franchise. Um, of course, a lot of, you know, scuttlebutt happened on Twitter, as it does. As nature as nature flows, then, I want to say, what, two days later or so? Not even. <laughs> we get a report from Bloomberg citing uh two main sources that apparently the contract for the job or the first contract that hello and was offered was actually for like between 15 to twenty thousand and it's for and it's for like multiple sessions ranging between like three thousand to four thousand per session so it, it rounds up and it's like okay interesting. And then Helen Helen Taylor came back on Twitter and was basically saying, "No, that's a lie." And then in <laughs> in the strangest turnaround, it's like, "Here, I'm gonna tell you how I lied." <laughs> and pretty much, she she, in a, in the attempt to say to, kind of tell her prove her point, she ended up kind of admitting that some of the information she originally came out with wasn't as truthful. So what happened is that $4,000 that she said she was offered was technically true. What she didn't say was that that was a a second offer after she declined to return for the role to have a cameo in the game, which would be one session for $4,000 at that point. It was like, okay, interesting. And then I guess it turns out that originally she asked for one million dollars and royalties. Which I, I can't blame them, you know. You know, you want to try to get as much money as you can, but it's a lot of one million dollars for Bayonetta?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, okay. Bayonetta is a very popular character. Like, we 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 know Bayonetta. We we appreciate Bayonetta. Um, it's not the best selling f- like it, in all the games in in the gaming world. Bayonetta is one of I would consider one of those like cult classic games. It has a decent following, a decent fan base, kind of successful like monetary wise. Like the first the first game almost failed, like because if you remember, the first game was published by Sega, and it didn't do so great so sega dropped it and then nintendo picked it up and that's how it became a nintendo game so it's like one million dollars is a lot of money (laughs) like sure like if you kind of if you accumulate over time maybe like bayonetta made a decent amount of money but like just overall you know plat and platinum games on their own sometimes struggles with money whether it's because of a a game gone bad or a deal gone bad cuz shit they they just they just fell through with Babylon's fall so they were losing money um regardless of, regardless of that um Joel I am. if I were to tell you that not only from what I've heard I haven't played it yet the support, what supposedly would have been the cameo that she would have done that was worth four thousand dollars if you were asked hey joel we want you to do a cameo in our game Um y- you are going cool. to you know we're going to give you a few lines and you're going to be in the game mm-hmm. three minutes maximum three minutes of dialogue sweet my for, for four thousand dollars one session Fuck yeah
1: What? Well, let's go Shit, I'll do five lines Ex- if you want for
0: $4,000. Exactly. Then I'll do 40 lines. That's what's weird about it. It's like, okay. It's like that. Like, you would think that would be, like, a decent payday. It's like, shit. Spend, like, half an hour. Get $4,000? Fuck that. Hell yeah. I'd go for it. That's um, half hour
1: I'd fucking put in in that booth, I'll tell you that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this whole situation just, like, fucking flipped. It was, oh my god. Dude. I felt so bad too.
1: After. I was like, God damn it. But it, it, that's what happens when you don't have all the information and people fudge the details. I was like, this, ugh, it's just icky. It's this
0: I mean you're not the all only one. There's a there's Man, a lot of there's you, a lot of people. There's a lot of people that feel that way now.
1: Yeah, and then it's kind of good on Jennifer Hale, you know, she's under NDA to not say anything because Look what happened. For better, or for worse. What she wanted to say is under wraps. So that's you know the new bayonetta, yeah. uh, and she's smart. She's very smart. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have said anything anyway.
0: But well, she's professional.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's 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 great. She's
0: amazing. But but I mean, this let's goes, yeah yeah. Well, well, but let's well, let's well, not well, like, well. like like we're not like attacking, Helateo's professionalism to an extent. But I'm it's right. like that's you cool. know Jennifer Hale like she was kind of targeted a little, a little bit like hopefully like not not as much but it's just like she has nothing to do with this thing it was kind of it was kind of weird for hello Taylor to kind of drag her into this a little bit with her first initial mm. like Twitter postings of the videos but yeah it's kind of weird so I I got curious right and I decided oh I'm gonna you know see what else Helena Taylor's done you know, in the industry. So, besides Bayonetta, she's had, like, maybe a handful of, like, bit parts. And that's it. As far as, like, the video game industry is concerned, mm-hmm. she's mostly a theater actor. You know? Cool. So, I mean, that yeah, it's cool. So, after, f- like, finding that out, I, I was thinking, like, oh... You don't know how the the VA industry works, do you? <laughs> it's like it's like it's like you have like maybe well no because Bayonetta did also did some um cameos and other games too so like she's she's had a, a decent amount of years as just Bayonetta but it's yeah. like it's like you you really don't know how the the voice industry works in like video gaming, do you? It's like. <laughs> like i want a million dollars it's like yeah i bet you a lot of other voice actors want a million dollars he ain't fucking getting it yeah unless if like you're the you're like the top of the top of the industry
1: and maybe she's going through some crisis i
0: don't know maybe she's she's some there's something going on I, but i think it's just yeah, a, a million
1: dollars it's still that's very steep yeah. <laughs> you know i mean I mean, like you said, to your point, she's playing bayonetta, not Master Chief. Even that Master Chief, I don't think it's a million dollars. So, you know.
0: And that's not the discredit. Like, she does a fantastic she did a fantastic job as a bayonetta. She was great. Yeah. Yeah. But like shit. If I had to think of any like voice actors that <laughs> I think would be worth like a million dollars, not saying that none of them are, but it's like you think of like the Steve Blooms and the, you know, the Jennifer Hales and the Laura Lamar. Bailey's and stuff like that. It's like, like that. I can see like an argument for, you know, just far as like you know, like your work history, like your your spreadsheet of just fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. work. But that and that's comic. not like that's like like the, the most important thing. the 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 most weird thing about this whole thing is just like, okay, she has some high demands. All right, you know. A deal didn't go through. That's fine. She's kind of upset about it. Okay. It's like, hey, boycott the game and do- take that money and donate to these charities I'm listing off. Especially the one that's a uh organization that's for pro life propaganda. Uh oh. What happened to Joel? Uh oh. Hey whoops we lost her there for a second i know
1: i wasn't i wasn't upset about what you were saying was like damn clarification
0: it's like oh we need oh, to no, no. refocus like,
1: The right <laughs> i am totally disappointed it's like oh um, <laughs> no no it's
0: like well this is the end of the podcast all right
1: i was like oh fuck <laughs> god damn it
0: but yeah like, Anyways, we're, we're the, back we're back But yeah, like, with this whole situation, like, I know, like you said, like, you feel bad for, like, kind of jumping the gun now, like, after the fact, like, when you're looking back on this whole thing. But it's just like, did you ever expect this story to take this turn?
1: No. No. I. (laughs) Life is strange, dog. Life Life is is fucking weird. Agreed. God damn it dude. This is when you think you have it figured out, you don't. No. Nope. Nope. Not at all.
0: Nope. Nope. Dope dope. But yeah. Just this a little just a little catch up on a story, because I know we talked about it a lot last time. So it was only it was only good to get the end cap to that whole yeah, that gosh. whole ordeal. Um But yeah, very wild. You know, hopefully people are enjoying Bayonetta 3.
1: <laughs> Hard down. I will say Uh, someone else who was on Bayonetta. uh, I forgot her name, but she basically did a retort she had, you know, she donated her she got people to donate money to better charities for, you know, helping people who need it. So not it wasn't an anti charity. It was like a charity to uplift people. I'll try to get more information. Oh,
0: um and follow up on Was it Anna Brisbane? I I think so. Yeah. Brizney voices. Oh yeah. Um She's actually uh, in the video game. She voice acted in the in the game.
1: Yeah, so she she did her own retort.
0: Yeah, I believe I believe uh, it was a like a a trans rights organization. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good on her. I think I think last time I checked, she raised like five thousand. Yeah, like yeah, so, It's fucking great. So,
1: yeah, just right away, she's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, she raised. More money. Yep. It yeah. was $5,000 for charity. I'm checking it right here. Yeah. It's nice. Viola and Bayonetta 3. A tran- charity trans lifeline. Nice. Good on you. And Brisbane.
0: Been... Bayonetta doing some good. Or the Bayonetta community yeah. doing some good. Yeah. Good um, and bad. Now that that's out of the way, um, I guess before. <laughs> Before before we, we go feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, Sorry, y'all. I actually, you know, uh, she's right, but bye.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh anyway.
1: United nerd nerds, United He nerd. Take it away though, Brian.
0: <laughs> yeah. So before uh we go any further, just wanna remind you all that on the back half of this podcast, we're gonna be doing a little um andor talk. We're gonna be talking about how we feel about andor so far. We're not gonna go into a full review yet. We're gonna wait until the whole season's done. But it's a long season, so we're gonna, you know, talk about the little bit. Of course, before we do that, we're gonna just gonna catch up with our weeks and then some other news that we might want to talk about. Uh before that. Brian. Though. I just wanna say before that. Oh. Is it
1: a spoiler cast though, or are we just talking about how we feel?
0: Uh we'll see how it goes. I have I have the spo I have the spoiler button ready.
1: Oh, ready to hell go. Yeah.
0: So if that if that if that red light turns on, you know the spoilers ain't gone. Mm-hmm. So for those of you just tuning in, we are the United Way Nerd Podcast. Uh, we talk about anything, everything in the nerd sphere. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're on us with Twitch right now, watching live, you can participate in the chat, talk with us, ask some questions that we can answer oh, yes. live on the podcast. But of yes, course, yes, if you yes. can't if you can't watch us live, you can also listen on Podcast Services and as well watch the VOD on YouTube.com forward slash yeah. at UnitedWeNerd. That's right. We got that new handle, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but um, with that out of the way, Joel,
1: how's your week yeah. been going? Uh, it's been going good um, for my Destiny friends out there, if you didn't hear um, I got Collective Obligation, finally, from the Vow of the Disciple Raid. Only oh, took me 35 roll kills. You don't know what that means. I had to kill a boss 35 times over the oh, uh, past, <laughs> like, three months. Um, I was, like, truly grinding for it. But there was a— the Destiny added this new thing where if you want to grind for something uh, um, that you already have, or the exotic weapon, the rare weapon or whatever, god roll— Mm-hmm. Um, you, there are certain weeks where that raid or activity will churn it out if you keep doing it. So, luckily, it only took me six times that week instead of like thirty, like the guy I raided with. He uh, had done the raid sixty-seven times oh. and then did it next. Week. Uh, like I complain about RNG, but it's like, come on! I know you want player retention, but fuck, Get, let yeah. the man rest. Let give him his <laughs> fucking electronic gun. In his game to puke digital, digital weapon. Yeah, like I know Touch of is next to my list, but oh, what were we gonna say, Brian?
0: No, I was gonna say I'd be lucky if I did a raid fucking twice in five months, let alone doing it yeah. sixty uh, over sixty times. Holy shit! We're doing a div run this uh, Sunday, Brian. If you want it, I'm just kidding.
1: I think we're full, but. Div is, uh, mm. yeah. Either you are grinding like a bazillion times for something, or you are something like Divinity, which has you know infamous uh, attachment to it. So, <laughs> Div, baby. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Um, I did some voice auditions. Oh, but for some stuff, I you know I follow this chain on Twitter. They they churn it out, and I it's like you know what I there was one day I had extra time. I am going to churn them out, and uh, I did some, and you know I am not. I'm still getting my acting chops together, but I tried. But I will say, appreciate the one person that emailed me back and said, sorry, not for us, just thought we let you know. Thank you. It's just leaving me in wonder, especially with jobs I applied to earlier this year. It's like just leaving me hanging. I hate that shit. Like, I get it. It's part of the business. It's like, come on, just say, like, we're moving on or whatever, you know, just so I can move on. But it was cool. Like It was like, sorry, we just don't need you. It was like, cool. Thanks for letting me know at least.
0: It's like, better thank than you that. for Some... being the 1% of <laughs> yeah. aud- auditions. People that is yeah. better than, give than a EA
1: shit. fuckers. Anyway, not that I mean, I it's EA, though. It, what, do you a job. what
0: do you no, expect? Yeah,
1: yeah, did that. Um, Ryan and I went to a Halloween party this weekend yeah. Um, I dressed up as a pirate. He was the undertaker. Um, Yeah, we had fun listening to music and stuff messing around. Our friend Fernando who has been on this uh podcast. Uh, he set up this animatronic skeleton that popped out scared the shit out of me in the middle of the day too i just yelled oh fuck hell aloud and i heard him laughing upstairs so yeah fuck you fernando give him credit uh, he 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 goes all out when it comes probably, to these... yeah oh he, yeah he, he does it well um other than that, i feel like i'm forgetting something but um I just halloween was fun dress up with the you know at work with the kids and stuff, and they're asking me what kind of pirate I was or if I was Jack Sparrow. I did not want to talk about Jack Sparrow, but you know, I was like, No, I'm not. Sorry, kids, but yeah, <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, probably. But yep, oh, and I, uh, my wife wasn't feeling good, so I had to take care of her this weekend. But no. we binge Tales of the Jedi, which we'll probably talk about today a little bit. But wow, amazing! I mean, probably talk about right nice now. here? Okay, fine. But, all right, really quick. Tales of the Jedi it's a little... It's six episodes, or like 15 minutes max each. And it's kind of like little pieces in time throughout the uh, prequel trilogy um, so far. And just fills in some more story backgrounds and stuff and, and some loose ends, honestly. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, yeah, we were, you know, thinking about sometimes and all the time, but... Uh, Dave Filoni, of course, master of his craft, really good. Perfect. Um, just really good like Star Wars content. Honestly, simple, like bite sized chunks that get the point across. And uh yeah, I, I had a couple notes actually, because I didn't know if we were gonna
0: really talk about it. But so um, let me let me let me ask you this question, Joel. Out of all the episodes that don't do they released,
1: don't do this to me.
0: Or I'll, 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 I'll be fair. I'll be fair with you. Because the whole show, or at least this whole season, kind of wrapped around, like, the past of Ahsoka and Count Dooku. Yep. For both of them, which episode intrigued you the most?
1: Fuck. Okay, so I did enjoy episode one with Ahsoka. Talking about, like, nature and the beast and stuff. I really enjoyed that. But um, for me... Uh, I think the last episode Tales of the Jedi, where basically it's po it's like during Order 66 essentially, after you know, they see Padme and she talks to Bail Organa, and she's kind of just trying to literally she's trying to live, you know, live a peaceful life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she can't. She saves someone's life, it comes back to bite her, Unfortunately, right? She's trying to do the good thing of being, even though she says she's not a Jedi, she kind of is. She saves someone's life, comes back to bite her, because it's like you're a Jedi. This fucking Imperial bootlicker fucking tries to report her, gets, you know, the whole fucking town slaughter, dumbass. And then, you know, she saves him again and kills this cool Inquisitor, you know, really cool mask. And uh, for me, that episode was, it was just a good buildup, good commentary. And for me, it echoed in Rebels when uh, Obi-Wan fights Maul. She didn't need much. She didn't even have a lightsaber. She finished him she off. Fucking like, kicked I mean, his ass, dude. He was nothing. He was all bark. Absolutely he was like, no bite.
0: He was like the coolest Inquisitor we ever seen. in Ahsoka I was like, nah, <laughs> get the get fucking wreck, dude. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Uh, that episode for me was the best Ahsoka one. Previous one though, I'm not gonna overlook it. Um, just talking about how Anakin was training her to oh, deal with that human targets. Uh, or fight hu- live target, not just droids. Droids are predictable, but humans or aliens or you know actual beings aren't. And we know the parallel because she's going to literally take on clones later. And they even I That's didn't even think the- they're going to do it. They ended the episode with that, with when she's with Rex and she has to escape and she's on board that ship with all these clones.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
1: wow, they went there. And I was just like, wow, like Anakin, better for worse, like trained her to, you know, to save her own to life. survive. So, yeah, it was really good. You know, just reiterating practice makes perfect. You know,
0: that was that. it was a very beautiful episode, especially just kind of like with. Just the imagery, you know, because we all know what happens. So like we're like seeing how, you know, their relationship started to build because yeah. it was still kind of like in that, like, rocky area where like Anakin didn't really want to be a yeah. master. Or, yeah. You know, Ahsoka was still young. But then it kind of showed, as Ahsoka improved, like their relationship as like master and apprentice, like pr- improved as well. And then, of course, like you said, at the end where it skips all the way forward to like that one scene in the, in season seven of Clone Wars, just like a perfect end cap to the episode. It was great. I thought it was kind of cute, um, where they actually had a lot of the uh, familiar clones in like the flashback during the training yep. so it just kind of made you feel bad it's like oh no because you know that <laughs> they're all gonna turn eventually it's like oh yeah.
1: what was really great about the beginning of the episode is we see a young obi-wan like fresh out of attack of the clones yeah watching and we also see a very young Kanan Jarrus looking and observing that was cute like on. I was like oh who i know who that is i can tell right away that was that was a nice little touch
0: and he was super fucking excited to see some training yeah and it but cute. there's
1: like in the end you're just like oh my heart <laughs> for, as far as the dooku um element i have to say it goes to episode four the heaviest episode for many reasons um they talk about uh a little tie into Attack of the Clones. He deletes Camino at the beginning. Dude, I was like, fucking bro! going
0: crazy over so that like, shit.
1: Really, the the littlest fucking detail, and they was like, "Nah, let's just let's just wrap this up a little here." Oh, stifo DS, blah blah blah. It's like, oh, nice. And then, which is interesting, is we have Yaddle here, another species like Yoda, uh, talking normally. Uh, with Dooku kind of, um, right when... Oh. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: You know, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> I was waiting for that moment because I knew as soon as she started talking, it was going to be the verdict on the internet whether or not Yoda is just a weird old man. We <laughs> oh, think we know the answer now.
1: <laughs> um, but um, we see Yaddle talking to... Dooku, right, during... At first, with um, talking w- with Qui-Gon Jinn, how they ran into Darth Maul, which I thought was really interesting. We we know where they are in time. And later, they find out Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, th- he's dead, they're going to go to his funeral, and it was just a interesting touch, like, where we are in time, the little uh, jump forward. But later, which I thought was truly interesting, because we hear Ya, you know, we don't see Yaddle in... Um, episode two, I believe, right? She's just in episode one. I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe she died or she goes and fucks Yoda and leaves to make Grogu, whatever. But we—that <laughs> that is debunked because she follows Dooku back to where we see Dooku meet um, Alpatine and, and Coruscant and which is really interesting. The dynamic between him and Sidious, it's Dooku wants to do use his power for still good things, but Sidious is like, no. You know, Sidious is pu- pulling him along, right? He's like, "We can't clear mm-hmm. corruption this way." And then you know, Yattle's like, "Yaddle's like, yeah, I agree with you, Dooku, but not this way." And of course, they fight. It's really good, um, you know, choreography. They show that she is just says, you know, um, she has a lot of finesse and flexibility, just like Yoda. And um, of course, he just straight up is like, he, he you know, he kind of thinks about who he's going to choose, but we know who he chooses in the end. And um, oh, yeah. You know it's a great fight and just when i thought you know yaddle was out she's back up for one more second in a triumphant moment but she you know you know she doesn't show up later and dooku you know double taps her and i don't want to say how but it's just it's like wow just that last three minutes was just like what the like i was wowed and taken aback and it was great
0: it was it was wild um yeah what i really love though is seeing the like just showing that dooku was there during episode one yep like when they when they returned to coruscant and they're doing their thing like the fact like because for the longest time at least i thought like he was gone by then yeah. like he already he already fucked off back to his fucking home planet to become a count yeah, yeah. of of the of everything but to see that he was there and still like counsel, like counseling Qui-Gon, which is really cool because we actually got to see a little bit of their relationship at, you know, pretty much like near the very end of 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 Qui-Gon. Yeah. But then, like you said, like to see that he was the one that erased the, the coordinates to Kamino, like getting that little bit in there and then Having just the idea that popped into my mind is like, fuck, everything goes to shit literally because Qui-Gon dies. Like, not only does Anakin get fucked Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have Qui-Gon as a master, Mm -hmm. but also pretty much the Sith gain more power because he died only because... He was like the linchpin to having Dooku pretty much go all in. Yeah. Cause you could because if you remember, you saw he he was still kind of like hesitant a little bit. He was like, Well, you know, it's like, hey, you had, you know, Maul kill my my apprentice, like my, you know, yeah. my friend. And it's like, what the fuck's up with that? And it's like, well, his apprentice killed mine. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, fuck you. Dude. Two bullshit. <laughs> and it's like, damn. Qui-Gon really is like the linchpin in in the Star Wars universe. It's fucking wild.
1: All because he found some little kid with extra cells.
0: All because he, was, he, he found a little kid with extra cells and he was just just a little bit too old to fight that's it. He was. Yeah. He just got on in age. Yeah. So. Yeah,
1: I, I did enjoy the other episode, like the uh, assassination with Dooku and uh, Mace Windu teaming up. I did enjoy that. I just like how it shows that there's a duality to the Jedi, and like Dooku points out the flaws with uh, to us in a great way. Like you're two by the book, you know. And are we really keepers of the peace? Are we just defending what's Important or sorry, not important defending, you know, uh, property or people, right? Mm-hmm. Is that real? Is pre- keeping the peace the same as like protecting assets, essentially, which I thought was an interesting conversation to have. Um, in Star Wars, which they usually don't talk about. And the other one where, um, episode two, where uh, Dooku and Qui-Gon go to the city again, they see like you know, a politician is you know, not treating. You know, his people great and they kidnap his son and it's like we want you to improve things and he comes back with an army he's like nah fuck this I want my son you're gonna die and Dooku's like no what I love he's like there will be no more corruption but the way he goes about it is, he's gonna fucking kill people like <laughs> yep. destroy it and it's like wow like it's like hey. you out a line <laughs> but you're not wrong <laughs> you
0: and know, what I love What I love is that Qui-Gon sees this Like young Qui-Gon sees this And he's like oh no And he doesn't do like the stereotypical thing Where he tries to talk down Dooku It's like he knows the only thing that's going to stop him Is that he needs to go get that guy's son And have him stop
1: Which I thought was an interesting way to show too Don't need always to use violence as the answer Which they of course talked about
0: mm -hmm.
1: Yeah Dooku, I mean Qui-Gon knew He could not take on That's for sure
0: also, fun uh, fact, I found out that apparently to get the models of of Dooku and Qui-Gon in an episode, they actually did took some reference photos of Christopher Lee and um, and Liam Neeson when they were younger, like around that age. So they kind of used it as a reference. It was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Because usually stuff like this, you kind of, you know, you figure that they were just kind of like, oh, this is what they would kind of look like if they're younger. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll try to make it look like that. The actor or something because No, they just went straight for like. Full on reference footage of the actors. And it's like, yeah, fuck it. Here you go. All right.
1: All right. Before uh, I ask you to uh, flip it up to you, Brian, uh, two things. One, I believe that shitty planet got better. It's the same planet Ahsoka is in the last episode because it's the same droid. I could be wrong. I just want to say that because oh. he's it, it, remember that that droid is lifting dirty hay bales but the last episode it's like clean hay bales so I, either way it gets it gets fucked <laughs> so it doesn't matter but just i think it's the same planet so one connection uh two someone pointed out i noticed uh duku ages like a motherfucker like fucking professor x <laughs> from uh x fucking 3 stress, or 4 man. to uh you know x men 2000 right Qu- uh duku from killing Yaddle to <laughs> attack of the clones, he ages like a motherfucker. <laughs> he's, he's all grayed out. But yeah, I mean, he killed what? Killed a fellow Jedi master, stress of the Emperor, lost Qui-Gon. It did... It fucked him up. <laughs> I guess everything that happened in Clone Wars 2, but holy shit! <laughs> he, he aged.
0: Yeah, now that I think about it, I wonder how the fuck he hid doing that. Because the Jedi must... I mean, somehow the Jedi found out that Yaddle died. And from what I remember, like Dooku just like resigns from the order and it's like these motherfuckers never found out that he did that shit. It's like, what the fuck?
1: Dark side clouded their vision, remember?
0: Apparently, shit. I mean, I know it I know it does, but it's like, holy fuck.
1: Someone did it do their homework. Or they just killed the right people to not talk about it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Brian. You're top two. Top Dooku, top Ahsoka episode. Tales of the Jedi.
0: I mean, I was interested in seeing like a little bit of like the Ahsoka stuff. I was mainly in this series to see a lot of the Dooku stuff just because I've I've listened to the audiobooks, like the Dooku audiobooks and um the Qui-Gon ones. And it's like, I was really interested to see them fill in the gaps of what those books did. So... It's really hard to pick a Dooku one like the one with uh, with Yaddle and stuff was really good. It had a lot of had a lot of cool information that I found intriguing. I think that's a really, really good one. Um, I would say like probably a second is the the second episode just for like Dooku. To seeing them like young, like yeah. oh like master and apprentice kind of thing. Um for Ahsoka, the training episode was really good. I really like the training episode. Um the first one was really interesting. The seeing like Ahsoka being born and seeing her in her village with her people and getting the kind of like idea of how her people lived. And then of course, like them finding out like basically putting two and two together that she was a Jedi or yeah, at least yeah, she had like the force. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <And> her <laughs>
1: connection with nature was, was really interesting too.
0: Yeah. And, having they're, they're, baby they're Ahsoka <laughs> right into the village on the top of a tiger. That was, that was dope. Yeah. Definitely hoping that they get to do more of those things and like focus on like, Maybe have a season focus on two separate Jedi's, and kind of mm-hmm. do some more f- fill in the blank work.
1: Yep, more go beyond uh, the prequels. You know, sequels, original. Um, I can't believe I can't remember his name. It's a really cool Jedi. Oh my God, uh, sounds shit. like shit. Uh, Looks like Obi Wan's friend. Not, but uh, in love with the Saj Ventress. Why can't I remember his name?
0: Oh I um, head
1: from it. God, damn it!
0: <laughs> You're giving me the blanks too. Look it up, Quinlan Voss. <laughs> Quinlan Voss. Thank you. you would,
1: I would love to see Why some
0: is... I mean, they te- they teased him in the Obi Wan show, showing right? that he he did write his name.
1: If that was him, but I I like to think he he survived. <laughs> <laughs> Might uh, have been a, a faint.
0: I just want to shout out real quick, Miley's in chat. Hi, Viley. Uh, is it Jetster, yeah, Dexter Jetster, the hidden oh, no. Jedi diner, diner owner.
1: Yeah. How big is your
0: pocketbook?
1: Pocket book. <laughs> Assassinates Quinlan Wozler. <once. laughs> Not big enough, Quinlan. <laughs> hey man.
0: Hey man. Post post Galactic Republic, fucking tanked. You know the the industry the diner industry so he had to kind of make up where he,
1: <laughs> oh my god where he left was, off yeah, the imperial sort telling him to make him burgers instead of hidden public soldier's
0: altering watch ordered. mando se- mando season 3 i know a guy oh my <laughs> they fucking go to dexter's <laughs> diner. fucking diner <laughs>
1: <sighs> With Quinlan Vos having a shake or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> old man Quinlan. Oh my
0: god. That'd be wild if they they prove that he's still alive by just showing an old ass Quinlan, but have him like just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. He's just like drinking all the time. He's just Dexter's like, Yay. Yeah, he's just hanging around a lot of the time. I don't know why I gave him that voice too. That's not how Dexter sounds <laughs> at fucking, all. You <laughs> made him a clone. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. There could be there could be a clone work in there. You never know. All right. Any, anything anything else uh, you want to talk about about your week?
1: Nah, I'm good. Let's let's get you to talk about yours. We had a giant segue with Tales of the Jedi. Your turn
0: now. All right. All right. Um, well, uh, I don't think. I mentioned this, but um, I finally uh, completed God of War twenty eighteen just in time That's for real- Ragnarok. It was it was real fun. Um, Hell yeah! So I mentioned before. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast where we're just talking to you, but I was talking about um, getting used to the mechanics of God of War, <laughs> and. Mentioning how I was kinda of having trouble with the parrying in the game. Oh yeah. Um I slowly realized that I was kinda of doing it wrong. Cause usually when I play games that have like a parry in it, it's usually kinda of like you you kinda of do like last second, like kinda of like blocks and you know, shit like that. What yeah, yeah. the one thing I kind of didn't realize is that if you buy the upgrade that allows you to kind of uh, deflect projectiles or Mm -hmm. or um, guard break certain enemies that is on the same button as parry. So like you, you have to hold it down to kind of do a guard break, right? But the thing is, it's I found it to be so sensitive or not so sensitive, but sensitive enough where even if you, like, just hold down just a little bit too long, it'll go into a guard break, which negates a parry. So you just get fucking attacked all the time. So that was my problem. And I, I, I tried to work on it. And um, there, were some, there were some fights that got a little hairy for me. Um, I had my first encounter with a Valkyrie hell yeah dude and i realized that this is end game content because i i i i can't explain to you like how frustrated i got
1: dude trying. let me oh dude if you know god of war i'm just gonna say if you know god of war 4 the valkyries are the hardest content in the game let alone gaming okay i mm-hmm it's tough dude and they throw a lot of loops that you think you get a pattern down and you do but then they switch it up on you they change it up and they fucking get in your face literally they punish you for fucking up so much
0: oh yeah i
1: was dodging so much you can't really parry or if you could i wasn't doing it right yeah (laughs) ooh, i do not blame you for being frustrated uh, any of that? Val- There's only one Valkyrie I found easy because it was supposed to be an early one, and I was like, "Oh, I missed one." Went back and kicked the shit out of her. But the last Valkyrie, did you fight all of them? Did you fight the last? No,
0: Valkyrie? I I did that one encounter, and I was like, "Not for me, Dude, not right now." You some great shit, but yeah. Oh, I, I uh, figured, but oh, it was man. just it was just too like I realized after like my twelfth try, I was like, "This is endgame content. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave." and continue the story. Um I didn't do really any end game content just because I I was solely doing it for the story just so I can prepare for Ragnarok and I'll yeah. I'll probably go hard in on Ragnarok. Um but damn, that that story fucking kicks in the gear. Oh yeah. In the, in the best way. Um for real. Now me not being a player of the original trilogy of God of War. It's like I I knew I knew my basics, at least. So like coming into this, I was able to kind of get a lot of the more interesting, like deeper sections of the game, which is great. Like, you know, you know, Atreus is in trouble. And Kratos needs to kind of, you know, dip back into past. So he goes back to his fucking cottage. Spoilers for God of War 2018. You know, even though we're like less than six days away from Ragnarok. Yeah, um, really? Fuck. <laughs> next week. It's next week, dude. Like Fuck, a day, dude. a day after a Sonic Frontier. <laughs> November is stacked. Two years. Fuck. We're gonna talk about the November's fucking stacked. But yeah, like getting the. Ch- I was, I was waiting for. I knew that this moment was coming and I was waiting for it, but having Kratos get the, the chains of chaos again, mm-hmm. but realizing that they're under his house the entire time. Cause, cause I remembered um, in the beginning of the game, when Boulder um, comes and like, you know, starts fighting Kratos, right. And then it leaves like a hole in the, in the house. And, you know, like, you know, Atreus is like, kind of under there but then like Kratos kind of like looks like you can tell he's like he's kind of like looking around the hole and so I don't know if this just just me like imprinting on that moment but like thinking is like oh not only was because Atreus was down there but also the, ch- the chains were down there you know so he's like oh I don't want those things to come out you know I don't want to see those things and then going through the game holy shit there's a tr- that little section of the game atreus becomes a fucking little prick <laughs> oh my god i wanted to punch him in the face so i wanted to i wanted to like there to be like a move that you can unlock for that portion where kraos just punts atreus into the enemy Atreus, right. my god he, he becomes such the Boy. little shit it was like so annoying but like It was understandable, you know, because it's like his his mind is altered just because of how he thinks gods are in this world. And he hasn't like fully learned yet. And of course, like Kratos is also wasn't being the best teacher at the time. But then Mm -mm. like it was so cool to kind of, you know, after a while, you kind of start seeing Kratos kind of like chip away At his past self and like and starting to like realize how, you know, he needs to be better. He he needs to do a better job in order to kind of not really like have a better future for him, but have a better future for Atreus. Mm -hmm. And it really paid off. I, I feel like it paid off at the end. Is Kratos a good person? I wouldn't go that far. He's he's improving little bits at a time. Um, you know, Boy. Ragnarok is... We have yet to see what Ragnarok is. I know a lot of people have been reviewing it already, so they know. We don't. Um, but the ending of the game, I feel like shows why PlayStation has like the best single-player experience. They have mm-hmm. such... The cinematic like finales to oh, yeah. most games I've played on on PlayStation, and I think this one kind of takes the cake for the most part. But like the ending of the game, where like they beat Balder, you know, Freya fucking gets all you know pissed off and shit, and it's like, all right, well we're gonna have to deal with that later. A mistletoe, um, but
1: a great fight and, that was too. Just want to say really quick, that was. Home Cinematically good.
0: amazing as well. Oh my god. Like not knowing that for one thing, not knowing that you were gonna be able to enter the fucking um world snake mm-hmm. or the world serpent, um, and having the fight start there is like oh shit, yeah. okay. Um but like you know, Stuff. beating beating Boulder, going to Jotunheim, climbing the mountain. In getting to finally you know, complete their mission, you know, spread the ashes. But that one moment where they're just on top of the mountain and Kratos just, like, lifts his arms and, like, let's go. The band is, like, finally, you know, I have nothing to hide. You know, I can I can let go. And it's like, oh, shit. That's such a good moment. Because be- having any, like, knowledge about his past, it's such a satisfying moment because, like, he... Like, you see him, his arms are wrapped throughout the whole game, and it's because he wanted to hide the the scorch marks of the chains that he used to, like, basically fucking destroy Greece. And so just seeing that he, he's ready to, like, let go of that and, like, just move forward and try to, like, you know, be a better person or at least try to be a better person was really, like, nice. And of course, that little fucking hint, hint to to Ragnarok. Holy shit! I I didn't know that they actually like hinted shit about the yeah. next game in that. So I was wild as fuck. But yeah, had a lot of fun. Made me really That's excited good. for Ragnarok to come out. Good. I loved it so much. I even pre ordered the PS five controller that they made for it. It looks it looks sick as fuck. It's like white and purple, and it has um. Two wolves on the, the touchpad and like one's like a, a smaller one and one's like an older grizzled one supposed to be kind of like a trace and, and uh Kratos. So I fucking I fucking dove head in on that. Uh besides that, I finally got my PS5 fucking I, fucking machine. It's it's such a big fucking like chonker, dude. It's it's unreal. I did. a I did a a a live unboxing on Instagram. It's It's it's, huge, man. It's a fucking monster, dude. Like if I had with the Xbox,
1: I've seen Marcello's. But like next to the Xbox, it just seems even bigger.
0: So I'm I'm going to give you like a short estimate. Like from the top of the Series X to the top of the PS5. There's like that much space. Damn. like you have at least almost like a foot taller it's like it's a fucking monster but uh i've been i've been enjoying it i haven't played miles morales yet i've just been kind of i haven't gotten actually a lot of opportunities to like actually play it but i did i did uh test out some things i you know play a little fortnite played a little fall guys here and there i got a chance to uh Hopping on the new Modern Warfare 2. That's wild, dude. It looks so clean. On, I've just seen some videos. It looks unreal It looks fantastic. Weird. Um, Surprisingly. Like, we, we played the original Modern Warfare 2 back in the day. Much of it, yeah. Oddly enough, it kind of brings back a little bit of those memories. Just of how it plays. Of course, it has a lot of, like, the newer stuff that Call of Duty has had, but I've just, like, the feeling of, like, running around and, like, playing, it feels like a Call of Duty game. And I know we haven't played a Call of Duty game in a long time, but just, like, through other people's experiences, how more recently a lot of the Call of Duty games have been trying to, like, do a little too much or kind of do things that other people were doing, and it hasn't, like fully worked this feels like they're saying fuck it and they're kind of just like going back to how call of duty is um and oh boy i want to i want to talk about this real quick um i've i assume that you've heard that for modern warfare 2 the new one uh they decided to do skill-based matchmaking Oh shit. For the multiplayer. <laughs> boy. <laughs> boy, boy. How there have been people complaining about that shit and it's just uh, <laughs> so much of the sour grapes. <laughs> oh my god. Um I don't want I don't want us like say who, but just like the when Treyarch announced and Activision announced that um, *Modern Warfare 2* was going to have skill-based matchmaking for multiplayer. There are people that got up in arms. You know, some of some of them, well, a good portion of them that are very vocal, have been content creators, which is funny. Well, um, well. I don't want I don't want to like harp on like that so much, but I do want to harp on the irony of the people that play because they w- they win they play to win and so now that there's skill-based matchmaking in call of duty that means that they're going to have to play other people that play just as sweaty as they do and so mm-hmm. that means oh no i might not win all the time and mm-hmm. that's the that's the funny thing about it it's like <laughs> i know they make the the excuse where it's like oh you know i just i i just want to hop on and play and have fun and it's like yeah so do a lot of other people too Mm -hmm. and you know i understand like coming from like the world of like fighting games like in in the world of fighting games you want to have skill-based matchmaking because you always when you play on online you want to improve so you want to play with people that are your level so you can just Mm -hmm. keep rising the ranks for shooters like Call of Duty and stuff like that, I can understand that they don't... That there are people that just want to hop on and play and just shoot things. Yeah. But... Joel, you and I have experiences so many times that you, even in Destiny, we'd hop in on multiplayer. Maybe we we go on um, some PvP action in the Crucible... And when we hop into a game where we have some fucking Trials of Osiris sweats just like in a regular casual lobby, casual. get our get our asses fucking burnt out. And then it's like, OK, well, that happened. Like That was a waste of, you know, five or five or six minutes.
1: The sweat Olympics sometimes, man. Even it, then, it's like loose skill based matchmaking. They've burnt, the mode. We play control usually or Iron Banner. It's loose it was tighter and people were complaining. People were like, "I, I, I," there were streamers like, oh no, I'm fighting Datto. I'm fighting Grenader Jake. I'm fighting fucking, you know, true Vanguard. It's like, yeah, you're fucking good. You're going to fight the best. Not Hmm. me fucking fighting a streamer. I could you know, using my fucking glaive against this guy who could snipe my head, you know, fucking behind a little rock. I can't (laughs) see, you know, fuck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's just been really funny. Like, I don't want to discredit what they say, but I still find it very ironic just because it's like, okay. I understand that for some people, like if it's skill-based matchmaking, that means you might not win all the time. And for certain content creators, you know, it's important to get video footage of them doing sick shit. That I understand. You know, if your content is mainly you doing sick-ass shit in like shooter games and whatnot, sure. But... At the same time, there's a bunch of other people that play shooter games and they hate getting their asses wrecked all the time just because they're like a level 10 and you have like a level 65 in the lobby just fucking gunning down everybody just because they have the high. That's another thing. Call of Duty multiplayer still has the weapons on. You have to unlock all the weapons by ranking up so it's a head
1: start from the beta.
0: So it's literally, if you if there was no skill based matchmaking in this game, there would literally be people that have weapons that will fucking destroy like lower ranked people, and that's for me that is like to me that doesn't sound fun, you know, because I want I want to at least play people that are roughly within like a certain like ranking bracket. That way I could be like okay, you know, it becomes more of like okay I. You just did that move poorly or I fucked up, you know, this grenade throw or I just fell for this guy's trip mine or something like that, you know, not like, oh, this guy has a fully like kitted out weapon with all these fucking perks and attachments on it. That just pretty much just wipes me the fuck out the moment one bullet hits me, you know,
1: also trials with Cyrus sometimes
0: also trials with Cyrus. But yeah, yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, I hopped into some few uh, multiplayer matches. Um, the uh, The battle is not out yet. I think it comes out next week or two weeks from now. So I just hop into some multiplayer. Um, I got to see what the Dual Sense can do uh, with its haptic triggers. Holy fuck, is that wild? I thought I knew what haptic feedback was and now this whole changes the game um for example one of the first loadouts they give you like a default is like a, you get like an like a you know assault rifle an m4 yeah and when you're playing with a, a dual sense the here let me show you like when you shoot press down on the trigger it actually like you feel like the chunky force of like pulling a trigger of a gun. So it's like when you're when you're firing, you feel that like like that, that little feedback. So it, you try to press down all the way, but then it's kind of it's like fighting you a little bit. So you're you're having to like really like have like a, a disciplined finger. Um, But it. For this situation, it made it feel really fucking sick. And also, um... In a way, it kind of gives you more kind of control on how you you know... You know that your gun is shooting properly, in the, in that kind of sense. Um... And, of course, you know, there's a lot of classic things that are in the game, like your kill streaks, and you have your, you know, UAVs and that kind of shit. It's still there. Um... Apparently, there's gonna in some maps there are vehicles. I haven't seen those yet. Hell yeah! Because you can customize a vehicle, so that's kind of neat. The
1: still bazookas. Oh yeah,
0: that's it's bazookas on one of the default fucking loadouts. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be that guy. Um, what I thought was really interesting. Reminding everybody, I haven't played in many many years. They have uh like your lethal and they have your kind of like tactical like throwing like weapon um there's this kind of it's kind of like one of the jolt grenades in destiny like the one that like shoots out electricity oh yeah they have something like that but what i think is really cool and i thought was a really neat idea is that if you get hit by that like electric jolt Like, you know, it it usually stuns you, right, in, like, a game, so you move slowly. But in Modern Warfare 2, what it does is that it shoots you, and your hands kind of, like, clench up, and whatever gun you're holding, you just start randomly firing it, and you just unload your clips. So not only can you not focus fire, it's forcing the enemy to unload their clips. So when you rush in and get them, they they can't fire back, unless if they have a quick, like, you know uh like swap out. So I thought that was cool because uh okay. it had it happened to me and I was like running with my shotgun and I get zapped and all of a sudden I start just firing off my shotgun. Like my shots like, oh what the fuck's going on here? It was it was fucking sick. But yeah I had fun with that. Pretty cool. Um I heard the story's mid. The story mode's mid. So I Isn't probably it the same story. Apparently not. Apparently it's a new story. Oh. It's a it's a, a different telling. So, so all right. Um,
1: I will say they, before you continue, I saw this guy upload the first three sixty headshot. He did it like <laughs> in the civilian quarters. He like killed a kid. I was like, oh my god. Oh no. I was like, come on. Anyway, continue. Oh no. I I laugh, but also I was shaking my head like for real. He's like three sixty, no scope, don't kill civilians. It's like oh my god. Oh no.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I had a little fun with that. I'll probably I'll probably hop in casually every now and again just to kind of you know have some fun. Other than that um what else did I do? I mean we we had the you know the Halloween party, that was fun. Had a good time. There was oh I did a playtest of a game I cannot talk about yet. Didn't tell me that. And then you, you had a, your first NDA, baby. Yeah. So that was interesting. And it, it was very, like, you know, like short notice, too. Like, I literally woke up and I noticed I got, like, the email, like, five in the morning. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. Well, because I remember because it was um it was HVZ day and you guys are going out for pizza. And I I text you and it's like hey uh, I can't make it I'll meet you guys I'll meet you guys later and it's like I had to fucking I had to sign the fucking NDA and like download everything and play it for a few hours and and it was interesting I'm waiting I'm not gonna say anything I'm waiting for the okay and I will definitely go into length because I'm sure it'll be something you you'd be interested to hear Joel. Specifically,
1: Final Fall Three, yeah. God, I wish. that's Cast Effect Six, Dead Space Four.
0: Oh, I mean, technically the real—that's oh, a remake, but it is the fourth Dead Space.
1: Godzilla versus Ultraman. Pacific Rim: The no. Game.
0: No, yo. <laughs> Let's be real. I would. I would. Love another destroy all monsters to come out and have it be good, you know. We we haven't had a good Godzilla game in a long time. I think now is the perfect time.
1: Raymond and the Rabbids Adventure 2.
0: Okay, that's enough of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dope, man. That's dope. Can't yeah, to it, hear what it, was, it was
0: real cool. Uh, in due time, in due time, uh, besides that. Just pretty much getting ready for November. November's going to be fucking stacked. You know, next week we get Sonic Frontier and God of War Ragnarok. That's going to be wild. In about two to three weeks, we're going to be getting Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So (laughs) I already have like in my list. I already have three games that I'm going to have to fucking juggle. It's going to be insane. Um... I guess to kind of leak into a little bit of news before we get to Andor, um, apparently there's some news coming out from people that got the tests of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And apparently, um, to no surprise, that apparently it's questionably running on the Switch. Oh, no. And it's not because the game is bad. It's because the Switch is an old system. (laughs) At this point,
1: there's like a Switch Pro now, right? That's probably no. what it's made for. Oh, no, it hasn't come out yet. It so it came out already.
0: So what you're thinking of is the Switch OLED, which basically all it is, it's the current version of the Switch, but with an OLED screen. Oh, and a new dock I there was an that has the Ethernet thing. port. Did they push back to Switch Pro? Switch Pro was never announced. It's what just all speculation from other people. God damn it! Um, That's what I
1: get for not following through with an article
0: yeah so this led to a conversation about how a lot of people are are kind of thinking that nintendo needs to do something soon whether that is a switch pro or just like whatever the next like switch is because it's it's a switch now the Switch came out in 2017. Really? It is it is that old. It's oh. it it came out in the halfway mark from the Xbox One and the PS4. So it's in that it's in that weird kind of like middle ground between the console generations. So like I said when they made the newer SKU for the Switch, they did like a slight upgrade to like the processor and the battery but besides that everything is still the same since the original switch even the oled is just a screen update and you know the dock is different a little bit so there are games that have come out more recently that are starting to show the switch's age because i mentioned before uh, bayonetta 3 is one of those games where the game is decent but you can tell that the Switch is holding it back and we're getting reports that, you know, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are getting held back a little bit by the Switch. And, of course, you know, in just a few more months, we're going to be getting the next Legend of Zelda game. And that's just going to be Breath of the Wild plus Sky. (laughs) You know? It's going to be more. So it's just like, where's... We need something, you know, beefier. And I know it's it's hard right now because there's still you know some minor like chip shortages and you know parts and stuff it takes a lot to make a console yep. but i don't know you would think that with the game like with like breath of the new like here's the kingdom coming out like that would be the time to bring out like a new SKU or just like a new like the switch pro or something external hard drive for the switch I think it needs more than that, dude. Super doc
1: system. Improve your gameplay. No. <laughs> what was the in-between game between uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild? There's like an uh, another game. It was, it like was a, the like it a was the Splash.
0: it was the Link's Awakening remake. Oh, there was another one. Fuck, It was like Hyrule, not Hyrule. Warriors. Oh, Hyrule Warriors. Um, it was Hyrule Warriors. Um, Age of Calamity was Hyrule. Warriors? Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Age of Calamity. That yeah. I heard was buggy heard that was struggling so switch
0: it's not so much i wouldn't know it's not so much that it was buggy it's just that because of the switch it's draw distance wasn't as much as you would think like a like when you picture like a dynasty warrior like a musou like kind of game you imagine just seeing like hordes of enemies out in the distance yeah 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 but because of the switch you know you can see out to a certain extent before everything just kind of like starts to disappear or like the enemies start to disappear and everything starts to kind of start to slowly just kind of um drop in like frame in like frames and shit like that yeah yeah so it wasn't bad you know it's still very cert- it you can still you know have it be serviceable but when you think of like games like Dynasty Warriors and and stuff like that you think you know, of a gr- of a grand scale battle, yeah. But you know, it's not. It's the switch couldn't handle all that shit. Um, Limited
1: by the technology of its time.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know if if you had to Joel, if you had to get, like a ballpark estimate on when or if Nintendo would make like a newer version of the Switch, like where would like when would you think that would be too late in like the life cycle to switch?
1: Honestly, now Yeah, I've been thinking it was already out or they announced it. That's me for not staying up to date too. You know, that's bad on me, but honestly it's, it, we're five years in that's, they turn out PS slims and Xbox one S's or whatever, like in three years, which I was, I, to me is always like, what a cash grab, but at the same time it, it does make a difference, you know. I mean, some of my friends are still using their old Xbox ones. Mine was barely hanging in there, it was refurbished.
0: <laughs> yours, barely. yours was on life support, shit, man.
1: It, I, there's still a Sea of Thieves mission I i haven't beat because of that. Xbox crashed like three <laughs> times during that mission. You know they, you know, thank you, my original one, for all the raids and shit and matches you survived, but god damn you know like it was not made to last thousands of hours i put on it you know oh for sure and switch i don't play as much so i you know i play some fun games here and there you know i'm pretty forgiving cuz i know it's not as high performance as what i expect from other things but if you know if a pokemon game is struggling on the switch that's a little concerning that's all
0: no of course we we can't we can't solely judge it on based on like a demo because we don't know when that thing was processed. Yeah. So yeah. for all we know, the, the launch version could be kind of like dialed in a little bit more. So we have to wait yeah, and yeah. see on that. It'd be super but, smooth. Yeah. But yeah, like the, as much as I love my switch, I, I shit, I was just playing cult of the lamb on it. Just like literally like an hour ago. Oh yeah. And so like, I hope that at least sometime soon we'll get some kind of an answer whether it's going to be a switch pro or if it's going to be like switch two or you know whatever they decide to do because you can only (laughs) you you can only use that nintendo magic for some for so long until it starts really kind of you know becoming a hinder Uh to all your games Mm -hmm. um sticking to kind of like what the fuck uh, video game stuff uh, Sony just announced uh, the re- expected release date and price of their PSVR 2 so Joel yes Brian I know I know you haven't had um much kind of experience with VR headsets and and whatnot hell no but Barely. when you when you You're think of Oculus, so. when you think of when you think of like a high end like you know addition to a co- to a console you think that you know it's like yeah it will be a little bit expensive but it would still be kind of like within like a reasonable range you know, with you know limitations and whatnot psvr2 is scheduled to launch on February 22nd of next year. Really? And that it, soon? That soon. Uh and will retail for 54 uh, 549.99, so like 550 bucks. Pretty much more than a PS5 costs roughly. Like quarter of the games. <laughs> Jesus. So we have to take a perspective because P- when the first PSVR came out um it was well into the PS4's life cycle it you know it was it was using proprietary parts you know it was kind of recycling the the PlayStation camera and the the PlayStation Move kind of ones and stuff like that so yeah it it made production a little bit cheaper for the psvr2 it's newer you know newer specs newer technology they make custom-made um controllers for it so i could see that it's going to be a little bit more expensive but what i find questionable at least right now is that the psvr2 though it's upgraded from the psvr it's still gonna be connected to your PS5 by a cable. Oh, where you could go into any store right now and buy a MetaQuest 2. That's roughly, you know, if you're getting just like the basic set, you know, yeah, you still need a PC and whatnot, or you could kind of run it proprietary on its own, no cables, like free, free roaming headset for around four hundred dollars. Now, of course, it's, you know, it's here or there, depending on, you know, what you want. Because, of course, you know, it's, you know, a Facebook-owned thing, like a meta-owned thing. But I don't know about you, but I feel like the PSVR 2 is kind of early. Like, it's too early to have it right now. Because we're only two years into the the PS5 cycle. And there are still people that are trying to get a PS5. Like, I... I got lucky enough to get mine, but it still took me almost two and a half years to get it. And there's still a lot of people that haven't even gotten one yet. So the question you have to ask yourself is, who's this for?
1: Are the sales from the first one, like, were they that good that they think they can turn out another one that fast? Other than that, maybe... Is it for people who are really like, is there a hell of people in the metaverse? Because that thing doesn't, I mean, to me, I'm not connected to that shit at all. Is it, isn't it booming? No, I don't, I am not well versed in that. So, I don't think so.
0: I just might be in the wrong circle. So the PlayStation VR did monetarily well. You know, it, it, it got pretty positive uh, reviews. And for the most people that bought it, you know, they bought into it knowing. You know what it was going to be worth, you know, because at the time it was still when VR was very new, very experimental. So they knew that the quality probably wasn't always good. Going to be, you know, a like a tier experience, but all right, they bought into it for like the investment of seeing where this can go, mm-hmm. and. You know, I I have a PSVR as well. I bought it for the Iron Man VR and for what it was worth, I had a fun time. You know, I got to fly around as Iron Man, which is fucking sick. Now, like I said before, like the PS5, roughly two, almost two, almost three years, you know, out. Still hard to find. Um, I don't know if I know there's going to be some people that are going to buy into it right away. But to ask people to spend, you know, roughly almost six hundred dollars after tax for a PS Five, and then ask people to spend a little bit more than that to buy the PSVR Two, I'm I'm just wondering how well it's gonna go, you know, because when the PSVR came out, pretty much everybody had a PS Four. You know, it was not hard to find a PS Four to use. Hmm. Now whether the adoption rate for the the VR 2 is going to be hindered because not everybody still has a PS5. It's yet to be seen. But what I thought was very interesting is that they actually said up front that all the PSVR 1 games will not be compatible with the VR 2. What the fuck? Sony, why are you always doing that shit? What the
1: fuck?
0: Now, that's also up to debate because, you know the companies that made the games can make updated versions. And I think I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember who it is, but I think there is one that is being dedicated to having a free upgraded version of it. But like, yeah, because I remember when the PS5 came out, you were able to like opt in to get like a special dongle so that you can use the PSVR on the five and then announce the VR two. And then say that all the old, games won't work on it you know it's very strange and i don't know i def i definitely won't be pre-ordering it I was gonna ask are you gonna get it no i i have no reason to get it like i honestly i barely use the one i have now and even if i wanted to i'd have to order a dongle to go with the ps5 so that's neither here or there it's just kind of (laughs) Like, I, I figured that this headset would be, you know, expensive. Like, I was thinking it would be, like, around, like, the the MetaQuest, you know, range. Like, around, like, the 400s. But, like, 550? You know, breaching, like, you know, 600? God damn, dude. You know. I hope it's nice. I, know, man. I, hope, I hope it, were. I hope it does like you well. You already spent
1: 500 on a PS5. What's another 500?
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I hope it does well. I hope it, you know, runs perfectly fine and people have fun. People who do adopt into it early have fun with it. And if it if it pops up like at a a PAX West in the future or some other kind of expo, I'll give it a shot and I'll see what it's like. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say no, but I'm certainly not going (laughs) to come February. I'm definitely not putting that on my list of things to get. Fuck no. Hell no. Oh, we could talk about this. I don't believe this news came out last time we did podcast, Joel. But um, Warner Brothers decided to make a dedicated studio for DC. Oh yeah, and one of the CEOs is none other than James Gunn. Yep. Smart move. Smart move, DC. Uh, and Warner Brothers. So Joel, I want I want to get your uh, reactions to this news and kind of your hopes for what this could do with the DC for the DCEU that we have right now. Yeah, the the new two people they picked, I think was a
1: move in the right direction. Um, you know, they I think they tested the waters with James Gunn in terms of the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, which Suicide Squad 2 was better than the first one. I mean, it's not saying a lot, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he brought life to some characters who weren't very interesting, I'll say. Brought in, of course, his own people he likes to call on. Um, you know, it was the James Gunn spin on it, for sure. But I think where he really shined was Peacemaker, you know? Oh, um, yeah, for sure. He showed how he could handle that. And I think, you know, they it's a bold move, but also, like, a smart one. They have a, you know, whether Marvel really fired him or not, you know, but that's definitely to DC's gain. And still, he's going to be, you know, cranking out Guardians Christmas and Guardians 3. He's still probably involved with Avengers subs. So, honestly, it's a win win for everyone. I was excited. You know, I want DC to do well, even though we've, you know, we've been shitting on him for years. Uh, I still want to see good content, you know, at the end of the day. Um, you know, it, it even. Henry Cowell commented, it, you know, he's excited to be Superman again, you know, R.I.P. to Geralt, but. Um, oh, yeah, that's another thing. Fuck. Um, but he's like, I can't wait to have a long conversation with James Gunn, you know, who clearly he's, you know, it's a one nerd talking to another nerd about, you know, nerdy shit. And, you know, enough to say that people who weren't working on it already didn't like it, but it's just like, I feel like it's in good hands saying this now, hopefully, right? Knock on wood. Hopefully he doesn't do some weird shit like DC executives and Warner Bros holding a gun to fucking James Gunn's head, you know, saying we need Avengers 5 right now, you know, again. <laughs> so Yeah, my hopefully. thoughts. What
0: about you, Brian? Where are you at? Um, I'm going to be a little optimistic, just a tiny bit. Like, you know, we know we know what James Gunn can do, and since mm. he's going to be leading a lot of the creative, he's he's pretty much going to be like the Kevin Feige of DC now. And so far, his track record, at least for DC films, not like, let alone all the Guardians movies, has been pretty good. You know, the Suicide Squad was really fun. Peacemaker did really well. Um, so he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, we're going to have uh, Peter Sifran, uh, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, uh, is going to be running business. So you're going to have that you're going to have that duo. You know, one's going to handle business, one's going to handle creative. So, like, they're going to have, I wouldn't say free reign, but they're going to be able to solely focus on, like, th- that aspect of the company. Which could be a good thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, at least now we can hopefully get some direction. You know, like you said, Henry Cavill is, like, all in on being Superman again, where for a while we didn't know if he was going to be coming back. You know, as far as we know right now, at least for one movie, you know, we have Ben Affleck back as Batman for Aquaman 2. So, and apparently there's, for some reason, they're still reshooting the Flash. I don't know why. That's a whole nother story.
1: Probably poured so much money into it. They they need to get some return. That's that's my. I hate thinking about it like that. Not because they want to make it good and fun, because of monetary return. But that's where my head's at. So they already invested so much. What
0: are you so. talking about? They could they could use another tax refund. Just do just do God. the bad girl way. Just do the bad God, girl I'm way. So, come, on. About that come on, ever come on? Get that tax fucking... return.
1: Hey, hey, I'm I hey. James Gunn, I know you're watching this. Um, if you fucking have the balls put out Batgirl, fucking do it. Show us you're serious. Put out Batgirl. I you know he... Okay, not that he doesn't have the balls. DC and Warner Brothers, let him fucking give him the okay to say, yeah, let's do it. Don't be afraid, WB. Come on! Are you at... You're gonna show us the DCU, The hierarchy of power is changing? Fucking show us!
0: Balls in your court, Warner Brothers. Right? It's not going to
1: It's not going to happen.
0: But yeah, this will be interesting. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see what this new studio means sooner rather than later. Of course, this, all, this isn't only just the live-action movies. This encompasses all of DC, so like animated as well. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they'll have some cohesion. But of course, I feel like DC is better off just kind of doing their own random projects. And I think James Gunn might know that. So we'll see a little bit of the DCEU and we'll hopefully see a little bit of just like random, like one, one-shot one projects here and there. And I guess since we're at it, we can just mention real quick, because I know we've we've been running a little bit long and we need to get to Andor. But I guess the last piece of news we'll talk about for this podcast is that, like you said, Henry Cavill, come season four of The Witcher, is no longer going to be our Geralt of Rivia. It, it will be um, Liam Hensworth, I think. Yes. And that came to a big shock to a lot of people, especially, you know, pretty much every person to an extent so basically from what I can gather um, there was some creative conflict between Henry Cavill and the writers because apparently the writers uh, decided that they wanted to take their own spin on, on the Witcher and Geralt as a character and of course Henry Cavill being the nerd that he is and rightfully so uh, was like, hey, yo, Geralt isn't like this, you know, he has a lot of more dimension than just being a, Not a, himbo, y'all. <laughs> He's a brooding, tired motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, you know, I guess they couldn't come to an agreement and Henry Cavill decided to say, OK, well, I'm going to go be Superman now, you know, see ya. So I honestly haven't really been watching The Witcher all that much is it going to be around much longer who knows I don't know I I don't want to say that just because they're switching the actress for Geralt that the show is just going to go under some there have been some times where they will venture on to something new and it kind of works out but we've seen this time and time again where Hollywood people Netflix too We'll just be like, we want to put our own spin on this. And it's like, no, you don't need to fucking do that. We have too many There's... anime adaptations that say no.
1: The, the The thing is, for those who haven't seen The Witcher, I actually highly recommend it. Um, it's good. It's good. It was great to have a fucking nerd who knows the source material help everyone to do it and make it great. Um, it's unfortunate that he's leaving. That you know, producers and writers weren't on board. You know, Geralt in the games, I haven't read the books. He's he's brooding, but he's smart. He's not, you know, you know, your cowboy still did a great job, great nuance and stuff. Um, it's just again unfortunate. Just have people, I want to put my own spin, then make your own content. You know, people, I think. If you wanted to make your own version, you should say this is our version and then have like the other one. I don't know, like I'm not a good person to talk about this, but it's just we've seen this, like you just said it. Time and time again. We want to put our own spin. It's like yes, going the original route is safe, but that's really why people are tuning in. They want to see like originals brought to life, you know? Some things, yes, of course. Like I don't need to see a line it again. But that's just for me. I mean, obviously the new one is made for kids, right? Like they I don't know. It's 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 complicated, but it's unfortunate. He's leaving hmm. because of the reason why things are we, we shy away from it. It's like, oh, they don't want to follow the source material. Should you always hang on to the source material? No. It's safe? Yes. Is it probably good? Probably yes, so it's conflicting. Yeah. I it's mean, I'm sure Liam Hemsworth will be a good job. He'll probably be the Geralt they want now. Like, huh, yes, Siri, you know, like be the himbo they want, you know?
0: Maybe, yeah. And
1: it's a great series. I hate to see it change for the worse, but so maybe he'll bring it to new heights. Who knows? Who knows?
0: Miracles can happen. It's
1: it's just once again, like, oh, that's why we found out why pretty early, and now it's like. Okay. <laughs> Here we go.
0: The only thing I the only other thing I, I kind of find funny is that apparently I think apparently one of the head writers also left, but they're now going to be working on a Star Wars project and they they said that hey, I will only take the job if we have a team of people that actually care about <laughs> the property that they're writing for instead of just some Hollywood people just writing to write was like good rule
1: I mean to that point look at watch the behind the scenes for Mandalorian season 2 and it's just like everyone is there because they love Star Wars you know I mean of course they want to get paid doing it too but you know it's like it really shows because I don't know I, I fucking season 2 Mando, man Mindo. Mando Mando was amazing it's great it I, I mean I'm biased as fuck I love Mandalorian but it just shows it comes through you know When people are actually respecting the source material and making something new, while still honor it, it's it's,
0: when I I don't know when people are already passionate about it. Just being a fan, like you, you can see that when they get into a role and kind of go with it, and that's what I think. What makes the team of of um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni so great is that they're also fans of what they do, but then also they're able to bring it out of other people as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, unfortunately not every, you know, studio is the same and every team is the same. So you're going to have to just kind of roll with the punches and see what happens. So hopefully season four, of the Witcher, see what happens. I think it, I think it comes out next year. Some point. I don't know. Maybe. Or it starts filming next year. One of the two. Uh, well, Good luck with that. Which are prequels. Really before. Oh. Tell you. Hey. All right. I think we've waited long enough, Joel. Uh, let's get in. To some spoiler talk. Or going in mid-season for Andor. Okay. Joel. I know you've been one I know we've been waiting for this. Initial thoughts of Andor.
1: Um literally amazing. I'm biased fucking I know it. Uh <laughs> literally it's a Star Wars show that does not feel like Star Wars and that is a good thing. It is still so very connected uh who wants not in your face way. Uh very good social commentary and they handle it so well and Acting and writing is production. I, I it, it's it honestly disagree with me or not, but Rogue One elevated the franchise. So Andor does the same as well. Mandalorian did too. People hate Book of Boba Fett. It makes it fun, but Mando Andor, Rogue One already taking Star Wars great places.
0: I agree. Just the the steps that they take to kind of try to flesh out, you know, the world and. Just in like the first three episodes alone for Andor, we we get to see so much different stuff than we've seen and start like I don't want to say like a little bit more adult, but definitely a little bit more kind of gritty. And I know some people, eighteen is on adult, yeah. And I know for some people, you know, that could be a good or bad thing, you know, because not everybody likes to have that. Kind of more fleshed out world to like and like Rogue One to an extent, but Andor specifically, I feel like they've shown a lot more of the world than we have ever gotten to scene in anything. Like, we like Andor makes it feel like that you're on the ground, the ground floor. Like, if if all of like the Skywalker and Jedi stuff are here. Like, Andor brings you down to, like, the fucking drudges of, like, the Star Wars mm. universe. And you get to see what life is like for everybody else that's just kind of, like, in the sidelines. Of course, you know, um, you know, uh, Diego Luna is fantastic as Cassian still. Like, that, that's not a surprise. A lot of the characters that they've shown off in this in this show are very interesting, um... We get to see the Empire at an interesting point that we normally don't, because usually what we get is either the like right after Clone Wars, or like you know Rebellion like era of the Empire, and even in Rogue, even in like uh, Star Wars Rebels, you know we still we saw like the hard ass like Imperial like. You know takeover and like they were like fighting like rebel insurgents before they actually like got into like a new hope era but this in the trailer is like oh the the empire is so plump and fat and satisfied and it's like we get to see the empire thinking they're hot shit and they don't have a care in the world like they don't they don't pay any attention to like what's going on mm-hmm. Like we see in the first episode, like Cassian accidentally kills two off duty officers. And then the next day. I'd say the
1: second one wasn't accidental, but definitely the first one. Oh,
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. uh, Cassian has to Cassian as he does. And, you know, when push comes to shove, he will shoot a motherfucker in the face. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. But on the next day, you know. The Empire is so, like, up their asses. You know, they'd be like, oh, they're just... Reported as them being in a bar fight, being in a place they weren't supposed to be, and they got unlucky. You know, like, brushing under the rug, and they don't give a shit. You know? And it's like, they're at a point in time where the Empire thinks they're, like, on top of the world, and they... They are, you know, impervious to any outside interference whatsoever. And so getting to see them at that point in time. And as the episodes go on, when you kind of get into like episodes, like four and five and six, you start to see that shift being like, okay, you know, pieces are falling in place for the empire to become the empire that we knew. And it's more like, Hey, we need to, you know, take this matter seriously. And we need to kind of like hunker down and, you know, just, Become the empire that everybody knows the empire is, you know. Let me ask you this, Joel. As far as like just the first half of Andor is concerned, what have been some of the other highlights? As far as like maybe like you know locations, characters, you know, just conversations that kind of opened your mu- like opened your eyes to like you know, um, in this whole show. As far as
1: that goes, I I like. I like hating Cyril. He is great. Um it's very interesting. he's a hateable act props to the actor for playing a character who's ultimate imperial <laughs> bootlicker. <laughs> he's not wrong though. That's what I like. He's he's like a piece of shit, but like what well, he's trying to do his job maybe too much, you know, and he he loves his Asking job. Cassian did murder someone, I guess, right? I I say murder cuz it's it's complicated. It's not by, by textbook,
0: by textbook, he did murder.
1: By text, he did murder. But he's done a great job, I want to say. Uh, you know, this character who's... I've been waiting to see if he's going to double down or be like, no, the Empire's bad. No, he's fucking... He doubled down. He's he hes, he's going to spend all his money to, on the Empire. You know, his stock he, is an Empire.
0: He is probably one of the most interesting characters because we, we do... He is like the harbinger of us seeing that kind of like average Joe world of Star Wars. Cause yeah, he was he was in the security team. But then after he gets fired, we kind of because. just see we see him like just go, you know, he goes back to mom's house. Yeah. You know, and like gets a fucking desk job. You know, of course he's still trying to like do his little shit, you know, in the yeah. background, but um yeah he's very he's a very uh intriguing character for sure because we haven't seen like we don't usually see likable
1: imperial characters and he's not likable but it's interesting to see why they're showing him and his viewpoint you know they're giving us that and uh, of course you know Cassian Andor leading double lives and his origin like he's literally saved before like his people were essentially glassed you know by by the Republic or the Empire which for better or for worse right he was kind of like abducted (laughs) you know I mean, in doing so, all these events unfold. And what's really interesting, I was texting you and uh, Marcelo, you see imperial bureaucracy, but it's interesting. Like, they're literally climbing on top of each other, trying to figure out what's wrong. One person, you know, and we see the other side of it. uh, I forgot her name. Jesus, one of the characters. um, uh, The voice of Yennefer in Witcher 3. Um, you could look it up for me, but um, oh,
0: is she she's the voice actor for Unifer
1: Yeah, she she's oh. Yennifer, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, someone told me. Uh, Here, but I'll
0: look it up while you talk.
1: It's um, just interesting, like she's extra dedicated to her job too in the Imperial ranks, and she is a hard ass, and she doubles down, and one person sees it as you're trying too hard, you're trying to just climb the ladder, and someone else, Mycroft from Game of Thrones, is like, No, you got an eye on something, we like this. And it's just interesting seeing how they're functioning and how they doubled down after, you know what you said. Like they're on top of the world. They just killed a bunch of Jedi. They're unstoppable. And then boom, they lost like millions of credits. It's like, oh, want to fuck with us? We're gonna punish you even harder now. You know, because guess what? No matter what world you're living in, money always makes the difference. Doesn't no matter what war you're fighting. You got them credits. <laughs> you taking those credits? It's gonna affect the war effort. So. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, just it's all really well and uh Luthin, uh this the, the scars guard man uh, oh yeah, uh, sorry not scars man sorry the scars come up man, come up like holy shit he we've already seen him at Marvel doing some fun stuff, but he brings this character to life, and of course, the writing too but it's like, wow, writing, directing, whatever it's it's interesting, you know everyone's really good on board and, and oh man. There's an interaction I'll say he has with another character that leads a rebel team before they steal some money and he kind of like, he shifts, he's like talking to her and then he like yells at her like out of nowhere. My wife Mm -hmm. was like oh, he's probably his daughter. I was like, oh fuck the way he's talking to her. I didn't think about that. He's having her do stuff and she's in on this war effort. Like, Oh shit, there's there's probably a familiar Like why is he just yelling out of nowhere, right? I was like, why is that? I was like,
0: oh... So to bring to bring it back a little bit, the character, the imperial officer we talked about is uh, Deidre Miro. Deidre, yeah, Deidre Miro. Which I agree, like it's very it's very interesting to see it from her perspective, because they did a good job of, in one moment, you are kind of rooting for her because everybody's kind of talking down to her, and she's like, "No, I have." I have proof and I need to show it to you guys. And, like, and then, and then, then on the other hand, it's like, wait, why am I cheering for her? Like, yeah, she's, like, achieving what she needs, but she's still a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit. Imperial officer. Even the the Empire
1: is shitty to themselves. It doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) The Empire is shitty to everyone, (laughs) even their own people.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, we have, um, we have a little bit of a glimpse so far into Cassian's backstory, which is kind of wild, because it's weird to think that like there's a world where even there's still certain people that don't know Star Wars. Like, it, like I can't. I, it's kind of hard to explain, but like having there be a group of people that are still like kind of new to the world like the high-tech world that star wars is you know and of course we we see you know cassian's uh people like for some reason like all the adults are gone and there's just a bunch of kids kind of like you know helping themselves and you kind of find out that there's like a mine nearby that releases a lot of like toxic gases and so of course you know, at some point, all the adults like went to fighting the people there and they died. Little do we know at that moment in time, at least I didn't know until like right after that, that this is still in the Clone Wars era. So these, this is like a, you know, this is like a, you know, Galactic Republic fucking place. And of course, like these kids fucking sneak in. And you know, kind of, you know, do what they do, and like fight these people at the mine. And it's like, oh shit, you know,
1: fight the galactic ship that that crashes. Actually,
0: and, yeah, uh, right. Sorry, yeah, right. The, the galactic ship that but, crashes. You, but, but to your but,
1: point, to so the mine thing, there are no adults. It's just kids, and the galactic public or whatever. They're mining the shit out of the planet and displacing these people, and it's affecting them. And it, they. Don't really have anything. It looks yeah. like, and of course, as you say, they do as they do. They have kids are going to be kids. They investigate, and what happens?
0: <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's you know, Star Wars ensues. So, let's get to the rebellion, or what is going to be the rebellion in this show so far. So, at least in the more recent episodes, we're starting to see more of that the bubblings of what is going to be like a full rebellion, but I want to get your opinion. How, how intriguing is it to see the fractured like rebel cell groups in there and them kind of doing their own thing separately, you know, without any kind of like organization. Cause we have, you know, we have the rebel group that Cassian runs into that's like trying to do a hit job. And kind of disrupt the the empire. You have Mon Mothma. You have Mon Mothma working from the inside, trying to kind of like get some steam going, and some then money get you know, the the fund the rebellion. And then, of course, you know, spoiler, we eventually see Saw Guerrera. And of course, we all at this point we all know what Saw's about. You know, he's just a guerrilla warfare, you know, type of dude, and so. Yeah, just uh, give me your opinions on how you think they've been kind of handling this kind of like betrayal of the rebellion so far.
1: It's interesting uh, seeing the different parts, the moving parts. And even though they're fractured, they're still somewhat loosely connected. Not fully yet, but getting there. It's like we're slowly seeing it being pulled together very nicely. Um, It's interesting seeing, you know... Even though they have a rebellion, they're still playing the game, Luther and Mon Motha. They're, like, trying to keep things looking orderly, trying to keep Palpatine from guessing. Even Luthan, he's, like, a, you know, he's a shopkeeper by day. And he, I love, they show him, like, he's, like, he's, like, a no-bullshit pilot who wants to get shit done. But he puts on the wig, and I love it. In one of the episodes, he puts on the, he, yeah, he does the pose like yeah, getting into character, and he smiles. He's Just charismatic, like pose. right? He's like yeah, and he goes to the back. He's like, it's the news, you know? It's
0: like
1: <laughs> oh, so good, so fucking good. Oh man, love it. I fucking love it. Oh, and, you know, there's even like a little intrigue spy stuff, right? Like they might be watching Mon Masa because you know, the Empire's fucking paranoid as shit. Yeah, the fractured rebellion is not going to be so fractured. I think I'm going to say by the end of season one, like we'll finally see maybe see a little bit come together, just a little bit more, not too much more. I will say in a recent episode, I noticed someone who shows up later. I don't want to be more specific than that. I was like, oh, that guy is in location XYZ. Like, oh shit, is this where shit's going to go down? But, um... Yeah, just... It's mm. it's really intriguing, and I was hoping, you know, they would do certain things in Andor. It's like, how are they going to do two seasons in Andor? Now I know why.
0: Oh, There's going to be enough. This they probably relit
1: that shit as soon as season one's writing was, was on the table, and do it. Fucking do it. But yeah, what do you think, Brian? Seeing the Fraction Rebellion?
0: Oh, it's so interesting. Like just to see the different, like, ideologies that go into, like, those certain factions. Because, of course, like, you have Mon Mothma, who, you know, obviously she's a senator, so she she's playing, you know, by the book, in a sense, you know, trying to, you know, get some backers to kind of help fund some rebel activity. And then you have Luthan, who is obviously kind of for the, you know, we need to kind of start poking at you know the empire so they're trying to do like s- secret like espionage like hit missions like they're they're sam fisher going in to fucking steal like a base's paycheck <laughs> you know that's that's another thing that was kind of wild to me i don't know an episode i i found it kind of interesting the whole bank the whole like robbery thing but just seeing how in the world of star wars they still bankroll like the paycheck situation through credits that are just like wounded up like a fucking bale of hay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was so fucking wild to, to see that Fort Knox, essentially, <laughs> yeah, pretty much the like gold there. But um, um, but then yeah, but then we see that, and then of course Sogarera's there, who's just like, yeah, we just need to fucking fight them, you know, you know, take out as many as we can, you know, as long as we breathe, kind of thing. Um, and I know. Them getting to saw is still very new, so we still haven't really seen much from like his group yet. But we do see. I don't exactly know where they are. It looks kind of Yavin Four ish base, and he does have some X wings already. You know, so he's kind of he does. I saw that. That was pretty cool. So he he has like the equipment on that front. Um... Tubes was there. Been all. Oh, was the place. he? Tubes. Oh, tubes a, i didn't see that this
1: is an alien with tubes in his face but we've seen <laughs> tubes in rogue one it's and now andor nice little uh occurring oh. alien for us
0: i missed that one but yeah it's it's really interesting i hope i mean obviously we'll get to see more especially since a lot of the other aspects of the rebellion are just starting to kind of like like slowly start to like take their speed and i think it's great that we know that there's going to be a season two so they don't have to kind of rush this they it'll be a nice slow build and we can kind of see the tension build more and more as as the idea of everybody joining together because right now it seems like even though like mon mothma and luthan are you know they're they're talking to each other they're communicating with each other seeing what's going on on their sides but they're still kind of working separately without really like kind of discussing it and of course saw is yeah. saw and he's doing his own thing so they're still all kind of working separately but we'll get to see maybe there will be some cooperation by the season's finale who knows. Um, Not definitely season two I think. Right? Oh yeah like the like. Obviously, this is all going to be leading up to Rogue One at some point. Yeah. Whether they go, they do the Rogue One thing and like lead up right at the beginning of it. Um, I don't know. It'd be great, it'd be cool. But and
1: Cassian literally yeah. ends with
0: Cassian meeting uh fucking
1: Jin or so. Oh, I would love it. I Dude. would fucking love it.
0: <laughs> Besides that, I kind of wanted to point out that I appreciate that. They are still willing to like pull out some decent like Easter egg references in this oh, show, dude. Uh, oh man, it's great. It sounds like it sounds like you already have one in mind, so why don't you? Why don't you uh
1: view? Uh, go well, for it. I'll bring up, of course, now I'll let you do the big one. Um, oh, thank you. you no, know you want it. Um, I just want to say, uh in Luther's shop, he has a variety of. Artifacts, and one of them is the Naboo shield. Actually, the Gundin shield yeah. on the table—that was really cool. Someone pointed out it's like, wow, some of this is a really good eye for detail. Someone else pointed out that I believe in Carbonite in the back. Lucid has either Indiana Jones' whip or hat. Just a nice little funny Easter. Oh,
0: I didn't notice that. That's yeah. cool. I have to, I have to double check that. Yeah, little little throw to
1: Mr. Harrison Ford. Um. I just want to shout out before, in case we don't get to it, or if we forget. Episode six, though. Holy shit. Okay, that's it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I know there's an Easter egg you really want to bring out,
0: but... <laughs> so there's two that I saw, and in, it in, also was in Luther's shop. One, I, I kind of got spoiled on a little bit, but it's still really cool to see. So in the shot, you see this armor that's kind of in the background it has been edited a little bit but Mm. it's armor based off of star killer sith armor from uh the force unleash so you still kind of have that kind of face mask looking thing you can kind of see like the long claws and stuff like that so that was really cool that we got actual force Unleashed because i can't remember if they've really Reference Force Unleashed so that much recently, so it was really cool to see that.
1: Other than Killer
0: Base, true. One that I saw for a split second that I thought was interesting, I don't know who it belongs to, but um, I feel like this was kind of a reference for Dave Filoni, uh, personally. But there, in the front on like a display, there was a mask. And if you look hard enough at it, you can tell that is the mask of one. I don't know if it's there specifically, but one Jedi Master Plo Koon is like that. Like goggles with like the the mouthpiece. Oh, nice. Headset. I saw that. I was like, oh, shit, that's Plo Koon. Like, it's like, did they fucking like just grab his or is it? Because that
1: blew up. But who knows? (laughs)
0: maybe. But I just thought it was interesting because, of course, if you've seen interviews, you know that Dave Filoni's favorite Jedi is Plo Koon, so it's just like a little nice little little sneak into there. I thought that was really cute.
1: It's also, uh, what are they called, the Jedi Guards? That their mask was there too. Yeah, their helmet was, Guard. was a Jedi there. Temple Guard.
0: So obviously, like Luthen somehow got a lot of like you know important you know Jedi stuff. Because I'm sure probably a lot of people raided the temple once, you know, the the clones attacked and that was all done with. But it was was, was really interesting to see a lot of that stuff in one place, you know, and a lot of random stuff as well. You know, and of course, there's probably going to be even more as the show goes on. Um, But. Yeah. I've been I've been really liking Andor and. Like I said, we'll be doing a a full review once the season ends, but before we kind of wrap it up here, Joel, do you have any last uh, comments or thoughts about Andor?
1: Um, it's just cool seeing Cassian be a rebel who's not great. we um, are used to the rebels being great in kind of a little one dimensional. They're the heroes. Right? There's a show about him called Rebels. Luke Skywalker. Han Solo a little. He's a little nuanced. You know, Leia. She's great, she's you know, all of them, all the way until episode nine, right? Like mm-hmm. these resistance fighters, rebel fighters, they're great people, and um, yeah, it's it's we're seeing flawed heroes, which can be a mixed bag, but writers, actors, directors, the team, everyone, it's it's really good, and you know, if you didn't like Rogue One. Uh, I, I guess that's fair, right? Everyone has their own opinion and stuff, and you can like or dislike what you want, but we get this really good show that really comments on what's gonna, you know, what people are going through. Like you said, the everyman, the average Joe, and what they're feeling or thinking on both sides, you know? Rarely do we get that. Usually, even in Star Wars, it's like clearly there's a bad guy. In a cloak, he shoots lightning. He's an evil grandfather, right? Like it's very clear, Mm -hmm. not gray at all. We've gotten a lot of gray in the games, books, Clone Wars. Now, really, with Empire Rebellion, you know. I'm just glad they expanded upon that
0: from Rogue One to the show. What about you, Brian? I, 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 you, you said it better than I could. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's nice to it's nice to see that duality between you know it's not always like oh this is the good guy and this is a bad guy it's like well more in morality you know yeah but like the way they do things you know is a little shifty and you know get your hands dirty you know it there's, there's always going to be room for that in the star wars like it like you said it's not going to be for everybody but it's nice that it's here and the people mm-hmm. that do like it get to enjoy it And, you know, whether like I'm sure that this will be a very successful thing and we'll get other stuff like this maybe down the road, you know, you know, depending. Um, But yeah, I can't wait for more Andor. Mm -hmm. But of course, you guys will have to wait for our full review when the season ends. But of course, you don't have to wait. For all the other content we've done, we just recently did a review on She-Hulk. And, of course, mm-hmm. we've had other reviews that you can go watch or listen to on Podcast Services. And, of course, if you want to watch it on VOD, you can go to YouTube.com forward slash at Nerd. That's right. We got that new handle URL, baby. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of production notes before we go. Uh, next week we will most likely be trying to live stream from YouTube. We kind of wanted to this time, but, uh, I didn't realize that there was a 24 hour buffer between, uh, when you try to log in and get your first live stream going. So that was a bad on me, but yeah, um, keep on the lookout cause we, we want to, we're not, we're not leaving Twitch Just to let you know, we're not leaving Twitch, but we just want to, we want to see, we want to test the waters, you know, see how YouTube does live streaming a little bit. Maybe you can do both at some point. Who knows? Woo! But of course, you want to keep on the lookout. Of course, you can follow us on Twitch. And of course, um, you know, we have Instagram, Twitter, but we always like to hear from you guys. And Joel, how could these fine people at home ask us questions?
1: Questions, comments, suggestions, feedback, reasons why you should watch Solo, Love and Thunder, and or She-Hulk, I think Dawn is a hot zaddy, why you should play Pirates in video games, we try Outriders, Destiny 2, Warfare, or God of War. Them damn Valkyries, am I right? I killed them all. Anyways, this with an email at unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. Where? unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. Hit us with your takes. Good, bad, whatever, weird. Just nothing too weird, okay? Don't get into any personal space, But yeah, again, we're on Twitter. Slide into our D- DMs, united underscore we nerd. Add us, respond to us, retweet us on YouTube, Twitch, united we nerd. Metaverse, whatever, the PS5, VR7, find us there too. Instagram, (laughs) United Underscore, we nerd. All right. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Of course, Joel, before we go, where can people follow you on your solo adventures?
1: Solo adventures? Well, I'll have you know this coming Monday, if you're listening live, uh, I'm going to do a charity stream. It's N7 day. I'm probably going to be very, hopefully they have more Mass Effect news, but uh, just Whatever I make,s and then go to charity of my choice or something. Maybe the same charity I did for last Christmas. So, yeah, charity stream for N7 Day. the Avenger on Twitch. I know I complain about Twitch, but I do use it for good now. Fuck Twitch. Anyway, uh, Advic Monsters might not SoundCloud and Spotify. New stuff soon, and I mean it. I say it every time. Stick Avenger on Twitter as well. The I is replaced with the one. Brian, where can we find you? Where are you? the internet
0: well of course you could also find me here on twitch.tv forward slash brian saber uh, as well as twitter and instagram at brian's underscore saber and most recently i have ventured into the world of tiktok so you can also find me there as well uh hell yeah and go you know on monday you know everybody here live right now Monday, go 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 to Joel's uh, Twitch. You know, helps help some some fine people out with the charity. Um, Have you picked a a charity yet? Um, I was gonna list a bunch. Um, I did last time,
1: but I do really like Rescue.org. What they're doing. Uh, Um, I did do. uh, Oh my God, where is it? Uh, also, oh yeah, Red Cross. Jackson water crisis. Didn't hear it ended right probably that um uh, there's a bunch of other ones i have too uh another one that comes to mind let's see what's this one i had i had some preloaded already oh uh iranian women struggle for freedom and equality. right do that but yeah um right. i'll i'll pick a few i'll list a bunch yeah i'll see what we can get and just send it out there but probably for sure red cross rescue.org definitely
0: oh yeah come hang out donate to a good cause It'll be a, it'll be a cool Friday. It'll be a cool Monday. My
1: opinion. And seven day, baby. And seven days. Come on, let us know what's happened to Mass Effect Five, please.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you, all. thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We will see y'all pretty soon, but until then, remember, keep on nerding.
1: Please, Bioware, fucking anything more than a picture, please. <laughs>